Hello, so uh, I'm in the mountains. It's kind of kind of quite a cool sunset in the background. Let me see if I can get it for you. You can see it there. Beautiful alpine sunset. Now, I thought today it would be quite useful. Uh, I'm going to sit on this bench here and then you can admire the beautiful mountains in the background. I thought it'd be useful um, to round up what's happened to commodities since Russia invaded the Ukraine. Um, what commodities does Russia actually produce? How have markets been affected? And what are the investment implications? And it's worth remembering that after a decade of underperformance, commodities in general were already in a bull market before the inflation, uh, before the inflation, before the invasion. And if you had to put a date on when the low came, it would be somewhere in early March 2020, at the height of the coronavirus panic, when the oil price went negative. That was the low. And what a buy that was, oil at minus $30. It's $130 now, so $160 move. And it's also worth noting that while the sanctions imposed on Russia have had a devastating effect on its economy, they have also inflicted, or are about to inflict, a certain amount of pain on ordinary Westerners in the form of food and energy price inflation. Never mind oil going north of $100 a barrel, the wheat price has almost doubled. Now there's a cycle to commodities. Years of investment leads to a shortage of, sorry, years of underinvestment lead to a shortage of supply. The price goes up, this attracts speculators, investors, producers as a result of the higher prices and the increased investment produce more and prices come back down again. The problem is human beings being what they are and markets being what they are, the rises and declines always seem to go too far. And as a result, you get these speculative blow off tops and these vicious bears, both of which quickly get forgotten when the other is rampant. And we might just have seen this week one such blow off top. In any case, here's what's happening in the energy market. We'll start with natural gas. Russia is the world's second largest producer of natural gas. The America, the US is actually top dog when it comes to natural gas. However, it's the fact that Russia supplies about 40% of Europe's natural gas that is causing such upheaval. Italy and Austria are almost entirely dependent on on Russian gas and about a third of Germany's gas comes from Russia or at least it used to. Here in the UK about five percent of our gas is Russian. Our biggest supplier is Norway. We could make it ourselves but we don't and I guess but Norway's our biggest supplier and I have, guess we have to hope that Norway doesn't declare war on Sweden and decide, decide to invade it or indeed Britain. And the FT, the great FT, reports that European wholesale gas prices hit 355 euros a megawatt hour, up from about 16 euros uh, a year ago. That's a 1,000, more than 1,000 in, um, percent in, inflation in gas prices. And of course, the, it was already happening, but the inflation has made it much worse. Now, moving on to crude oil, Russia's responsible for about 10 percent of global oil supply, but about 30 percent of EU supply. Germany, for example, sources about 35% of its oil from Russia, maybe a bit less. Oil's in a runaway bull market. It's a bull market that's gone parabolic. I've been saying be long oil for a long time, as regular viewers and readers will vouch. And that bull market, as I said, started at minus 30. Now Brent's around 130 a barrel. Will it retest the 2008 highs of 150? 
probably, I don't know, but it's a minority view. But there are many who argue that it's $150 a barrel oil that triggered the global financial crisis, by the way. And I think the last thing we need right now is another one of them. Um, just fiddling with my phone there. Now, with bans on imports pending, the oil shock of the early 1970s could end up looking like a doddle. And then there is the underreported, but perhaps equally important, energy supply that is coal. Russia is the th world's third largest coal, um, thermal and coking coal producer, with about 50% of hard coal received by German power generators and steel makers comes from Russia. 50%. Now, whether it's coal, gas or lack of wind or oil, this all translates into runaway electricity prices across Europe. So we come to metals uh, next, and Russia is the world's largest producer of palladium and nickel. Nickel is vital to the steel and battery industries, palladium to the automotive industries, and basically anywhere that requires its properties as a catalyst, all across industry. And the price of both palladium and nickel especially, both gone bananas. Palladium now sits at an all-time high over $3,000 an ounce, having been at $500 just a few years back. Nickel, I mean, just nuts. It went from $25,000 a tonne to over $100,000 four times in just a few days. And the London, London Metal Exchange had to suspend trading. And uh, I think it was a Chinese nickel company or a speculator was on the wrong side of the trade and reportedly got a margin call, rumoured to be north of $10 billion, poor guys. Um, I gather its bankers are trying to sort it out. But, I mean, I don't know how that's going to pan out. And I pity small traders with open positions, but the LME suspended trading of nickel. But it all reeks of the kind of excess that mark a top. But we've got an invasion in our hand. Russia's also the third largest steel exporter, the fourth largest aluminium exporter, the fifth largest iron exporter, and the eighth largest copper producer and exporter. As for its precious metals, it's the world's largest silver producer and the second largest producer of gold and platinum. It recently overtook Australia. Gold, as we know, touched its old highs this week. Let's hope that isn't a double top. But you will not struggle to find a metal that has not gone up in price, and no wonder. And so we come to stuff that Russia grows. It's the fifth largest producer of wood, and the number one exporter of both grains and, crucially, fertiliser. Now, on this front, Russia didn't need Western sanctions. It had already stopped its own fertiliser exports in, in an effort to tackle domestic inflation. About 20% of global fertiliser supply is Russian, and fertiliser cost inflation is causing big problems for farmers everywhere, worldwide, in the UK, everywhere. As for grains, Russia's the world's largest wheat producer, responsible for about 17% of global supply. And as a result, the wheat price is going limit up. That's it's hitting the maximum daily gain allowed by the exchange. That's become an almost daily occurrence. And the price has gone from around $5 a bushel last year to nearly $13 today, breaching, or not breaching, but touching its 2008 all-time highs. Prior to this crisis, Russia was the 11th largest economy in the world. It supplied roughly 17% of global commodities. To suddenly exclude a country of this size and strategic importance from the global economy is without precedent. And it's no wonder that commodities prices are rocketing. 
The question is, when and where does it end? They already have ended it. Who knows? Thank you very much for watching. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. Look out for my uh, Substack channel as well. And I'll be back with another video very soon. And the next video will be probably be from boring old England. But in the meantime, let's give you another view of that sunset. Is it still there? Yeah, you can just see it a little bit there. There we go. Beautiful sunset. Ooh.